All right, parents, welcome back. Um, I've got uh, Dr. Rick Fowler with me. He's out in Georgia, and uh, through the power of technology, we get to see each other again. It's uh, it's been a number of years, uh, Rick, since uh, you were here in Dallas. Um, you've been in the uh, um, Christian counseling uh, world and business uh, for a long time, um, but uh, you know, God called you away from Dallas and took you out uh, to Truett McConnell uh, University to help set up their uh, Christian counseling program. Uh, at the graduate level. So um, Dr. Fowler, thanks for spending some time with us today. Well, Dan, it's so good to talk to you again as well. Oh, good. Well, we're talking to some parents. um, And one of the things that uh, we're really looking at is this idea um, that, uh, you know, parenting today uh, has really become, how do I make life easy for my kids? Uh, We refer to them. I know uh, Dr. Uh, Carl Truman in his book, uh, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, um, and uh, some other books, you know, have talked about, you know, the whole lawnmower parenting and, you know, just kind of going in there and, and making life easy for our kids. Um, but uh, you would say that from a counseling standpoint, parents um, need to do something different than just make life easy for their kids. Uh, what Absolutely. do you think that is that they need to do? Well, the other day I was adding up about how many one-on-one sessions or family, how many sessions I've had in my life. And I think I've totaled over 35,000. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) So I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of issues, seen a lot of things where, where, uh, with parents and kids and so forth. A lot of times a parent will bring a kid into my office and would say, uh, fix them. (laughs) And, uh, they don't like the product, but they, they contribute to the product. And so most of the time when I was dealing with, uh, kids uh, in my office, uh, teens, my, I spent probably more time with the parents. Uh, you know, it's usually, uh, if a kid has a problem, I say it's probably at least 60% the problem of the parent. Okay. And, uh, and how do we, how do we, how do we get them, uh, get to that way? And, um, one of the things, you know, for example, when I was in Dallas, I had a office office manager that kind of did all my computer work for me. Sure. And so if I had something to do, I said, here's here's a note, send it off. Do this, do this, and do this, do that. And so I didn't really develop the ins and outs of how to how to master this little machine in front of me called a computer. Right. And uh, so I came to Truett, and each professor here kind of does their own thing on their own computers. I mean, I felt like a first grader, you know, and, and, and see, the thing is, is, and everybody looks at me and say, you've got a doctorate and you t- taught all these years and you have 35,000 hours of counseling. Why wouldn't you have, why wouldn't you know anything about these counseling? Because I never had to. Right. It's the same kind of thing with kids growing up. Everything is done for them. So they don't learn how to even make their bed. They don't know how mm. to, they don't know how to do, a, 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 you know, make a cheese sandwich or, or uh, go to the grocery store and get an item. Uh, so, uh, so as a result, they they expected then all of a sudden to be an adult, and and it and it doesn't work. And then the parents get ticked off. Uh, uh, this this the the leeching that the kids have and hard to let go. I'm, I I saw one couple of family in Dallas. He was a multi multi millionaire, and uh, his kids. So he gave them $15,000 a month tax-free oh, to live wow. on. 
every one of those kids spent that and more and had to go back to dad for some more oh. because they never learned how how to budget how to learn nobody ever taught me no. he never taught me and so most problems that kids have i think are a result of of uh you know the the fact that parents are are want to be their best friends they want it that's all there is right now they're not the teacher the the mentor and as a result they end up uh uh the kids don't know how to live a life and so uh so, what so are, like i what said a lot of things, things i do is work do. with them yeah what are some things that parents can do i mean i know obviously um, you know, the, the Bible uh, from a spiritual perspective actually talks about the difference between milk uh, and meat. Um, and, you know, from right. a spiritual perspective, it's the idea that when you're a young Christian, um, you know, you go to the word of God and, and you know, you need somebody to help uh, teach you and to train you. And, you know, you're looking at the right. milk of the word. Right. But later it, it's expecting that you're going to be able to chew some of the bigger pieces on your own and, and right. you know, digest that meat. So how do you do that process from a parenting standpoint? You know, when you've got young kids. Uh, you know, we do a lot of things for them. We make their food for them and we get them dressed and we do that. But, you know, when they, when they get to that middle school age and that high school age, if you're still doing those same practices for them, uh, you're going to see some problems. So what, right. what advice would you give to okay. parents? On how to make that we, we got a number of things we can share. Um, when Proverbs says, train up a child in the way she'd go, the uh -huh. word train in the Hebrew is according to the bent of the child. Okay. So, First of all, parents need to realize that if they have four kids, they're going to have four different beds. Four different kids. That, that's what I've got. <laughs> <laughs> and so four you can't train you, you can't train them all equally. Okay, it has to be different. So you have okay. to first of all understand their personality, their temperament, what makes them tick, what makes them motivated, all those kinds of things, and deal with. We we had two kids. My son was ADD to the max, and. And he was a total toot. Our first one was a daughter and she was perfect and did everything that we wanted to do straight A's. And my son could care less. He's not my, interesting. Now my son is a pilot for American airlines, but, <laughs> but anyway, so we had a totally different perspective. Right. Um, one of the things that helped me with, uh, uh, you know, with my kids when I, uh, when they were small, uh, we had a terrible time getting our son up. He, it was crazy in the morning to go to uh -huh. school. And it was World War III every day. And mm. my wife and I got together and started thinking, what do we do? How do we, how do we respond? So we came up with this uh, uh, perspective that we, caught, we, that we said, okay, Chip, you have to be at school at, well, let's say eight. Um, to get, do that, what outfit do you want to wear? Mm -hmm. This is when he was a little kid. And so we would, my wife would get like three outfits and make him choose one of them. Yeah. What, what time do you want us to get up? Well, I like to watch cartoons. Well, you want to skip it. If you want me to get you up at four o'clock, I'll get you up at four o'clock. I don't care. All is we got to get you out of, to get to school. You got to leave at 740 to get there at eight o'clock. Right. You want breakfast first or do you want to get dressed first? And we make all the decisions the night before. Okay. And so the next morning I get up, I say, Chip, you use the word you. You told me that you wanted to get me up. You wanted me to get what? you up at this time. 
and that you said that you were going to do this and you were going to do this and so forth. Right. And after that, it totally changed because all of a sudden it, he was involved. Yeah. See, so that that is important. If every decision is comes from parents, get up now, do this, do this, do this, do this. You become robots. You never learn to think. So we put you statements in to deal with that. The second thing that we we, we did it, we wrote an article, my wife and I, in Christian Magazine, the Christian Living Magazine on this, but we did what we call the one four sixteen rule. Okay. For every one absolute, we said there's probably four house rules and 16 preferences. <laughs> so I would go and tell my son, go mow the lawn right now or do this, do this. And we and always came up with hesitation and rebuttals and fights and whatever. But so we trained our kids that said there's some absolutes. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible talks about this and what are some home absolutes, whatever. Um, like we want to teach responsibility. That's an absolute. Right. Okay. House rule would be you got to mow the grass. But a preference is when do you want to do it? Okay. So, so, we, uh, so we would say, um, okay, uh, on Sunday, Chip, we're having guests over at our house for dinner on Saturday night. So by Saturday noon, that grass has to be mowed. Okay. When do you want to mow it? Give them some choices. And then I said, if it's not done by eight o'clock on Saturday morning, what would you want me to do to, to encourage you to get this thing done? Because it has to be done. And the consequence, if you don't get it done, then you can't go out Saturday night either. So, right. so right. there are consequences. But when would you want to, okay, this is what, blah, blah, blah. And totally changed. Yeah. Totally changed. And, and some of the things, again, uh, I, I look at the preferences as grace. And when you give grace to your kids, you still have the rules. You still have responsibilities. You still, but it's that proportion. And I was raised in, in a very legalistic home, a Christian home. And I had about 16 absolutes for one preference. <laughs> and it was the opposite. And yeah. that's, where, that's where people, kids rebel. Yeah, You got to give them that. And you start to teach them responsibility, making choices so that when they get 18, I remember, uh, uh, like I said, until my kid was, uh, my boy, until he got to college, was a little toot all the time. I mean, we'd get notes from the teachers and all this all the time. Well, I remember about his junior year, he, he came home and teachers upset about him about something. I said, you know, right now, I'm not going to go to the teacher. It's your choice, your problem. You got to deal with this. Mm-hmm. I made, I, you know, I'm not going to cover you up. I'm not going to take uh, responsibility to make sure everything's right. And I just said, by the way, when you turn, when you graduate from high school, you either in college or you're at a full-time job. If you have full-time job, I'll stay here. Then you have to pay rent. You got to do I mean, all those. I, here's the parameters. But I'm, I'm, you know, when he's 17, I was done parenting, really. And I was a, I said, my role from now on is going to be a coach. And that's the way I'm going to deal with you. And it forced him into that perspective of taking responsibility and, and so forth. But uh, anyway, um, when, when we are, uh, when I talk to parents, I, I, I like to tell them, you know, if you want to help your child develop some, you know, executive functioning skills. Mm-hmm. Keeps, keeps, you know, develop a lot of routines. 
Uh, Bible says that God is a God of order. And and there's a time for this, Ecclesiastes, a time for this, a time for this, and whatever. But right. We need to make make routines, checklists, so forth. So uh, I'd have parents even on the put post-its on doors and say, I'm not here to argue with you. I'm not here to debate you. I'm not here to say who's going to win, who's going to lose. All I'm just saying, your responsibility, this is your house rule. You got to do this. Uh, you know, how can I help you most? And, 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 when, and when, we, when we did that, things started changing in our lives. I remember a couple coming in, a, a family, a dad brought his son, a 17-year-old son to my office once said, my son won't do anything I want him to do. I said, oh, okay. He doesn't do any chores around the house. He just, he comes home and he gets in his car and goes away and whatever. So I said, dad, leave the room in so I can talk to your son. So I talked to the 17 year old. I said, are you as bad as your dad say you are? And I said, what's, what's going on? He says, well, every time I come home, dad will say, or mom, oh, before you go out to do X, Y, or Z, uh, I want you to do this around the house, do this around the house. And he says, I've already made other plans, blah, blah. I said, so if on Sunday, your dad would say, um, or your mom, your chores for this week, unless there's an emergency, is this. On Thursdays, I want your sheets changed on your bed. On Tuesdays, we have to take the trash out because the trash man comes, blah, blah, blah. I said, if you did that, would, would, you, be able, would you do that? He said, sure. And so I told dad that, and I said, dad, you're the one that's lazy. You, you, you don't, you wait to the last minute, tell him to do something, figure it out, tell him ahead of time. And you develop those skills so that he can develop some effective, uh, uh, executive functioning skills. Yeah, that's interesting. But, but anyway, um, for younger kids, they come home, they don't want to do homework. They don't want to do anything. Um, and that usually is a big fuss with the uh, parents. Right. Um, so what I would, what I suggested to a lot of parents when I was in Dallas, it would be the, uh, when they come home, take everything out of their backpack, put, put it on a dining room table, which is the most boring room in the room house for them. Right. And you you'd put them in sections and then write down exactly what do we have to do in each one? If you need a dictionary for one, you need a book for one, you need a ruler for this or whatever, you, you get everything all ready and then you take a break. And then when you come back, you can get the homework done really quick. Uh, the biggest struggle for homework is getting started. Oh, and amen. it's like, like <laughs> if you're painting, if you're painting a house, and the hardest thing, you, know, you got to get the tarp out, you got to get the ladder, you got to get your old clothes, yeah. you got to get the paint stirred. That's harder than just painting. Yeah. And then if you have to put it away and then 30 minutes later, have to go back to it. And that means I have to get the paint out again, the old clothes. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So you divide all your assignments into small little pieces and you figure out how you're going to do it and when you're going to do it. Um, that is important. And a lot of times um, studies show that, uh, that you, homework should be probably about 10 minutes per grade. So, uh, and, and some people with LD issues, they'll spend four hours doing homework. And as a result, uh, they never develop skills because they are so exhausted because they do three, four hours at night to do homework of parents, you know, 
force them to do that. And that's why then I tell parents, uh, go to the teacher and say, okay, he's only going to spend X amount of minute on this. Uh, either we're going to say he did two, four, and six on the math problem instead of one through six in order to be able to do that or whatever. But, that's, but you can get help from uh, school counselors and stuff to allow these accommodations. But anyway, um, get kids to use a calendar. Uh, uh, you motivate again through intrinsic, intrinsic ways. Um, yeah. What, what do you uh, want to become? How do you want to get there? Yeah. Let, let them and be what's a part your, of What's your passion? Making process. What's your passion? Yep. Yeah. And how did my son end up wanting, you know, to do, he, because his sister was all straight A's, she had missed perfect. He didn't mm. give a rip about school. And I remember we were at uh, medieval times one time. Uh-huh. And he saw the hawks go off and, uh, you know, the bird of prey and come back yeah. to the, he, he said, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. <laughs> and we said, oh my goodness. So he. He's going to be a falconer. He, he became a falconer. Yeah. He was the youngest falconer in the state of Texas at 13. No way. He had to go to Austin and take the state board. But because of that. All of a sudden, he became interested in science. He became interested in math because you, you have to feed so many grams of this and you have to do this and you have oh, to learn the science of this. And that opened up his whole doors because <laughs> he had that desire. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. But and yeah, then, I think one of the things you're saying, too, is if, if you never give kids a chance to do anything, which means they have an opportunity to fail as well. But if right. you never give them a chance to do anything, you'll really never know what they're interested in, what their passions are. Um, if all they're doing and, is and it might and it might be a whole bunch of times. My son yeah. went through probably forty things before he came to the idea of falconry. Uh, you know, we had trumpet lessons, and we had this, and we had this, and he's going to get guitar lessons. We're going to go do this and that and the yeah. other. But he, we said, okay, here we go again, another hundred dollars doing this. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but but because of that. He could do something because as federal law says, if unless you're a falconer, licensed falconer, you don't do X, Y, and Z with the bird. So he could do stuff that we would, as even as parents, could not uh, be in charge of. See, <clears throat> so it gave him that responsibility to do that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, well, yeah, last, last just kind of um, recommendations for parents. Um, I know that when you said... <laughs> Uh, train up a child in the way that they should go, um, that if you, as you have different kids, uh, each one of them is different. Um, I think sometimes uh, parents just get tired, right? You spend all your time on that first kid and, and you know, trying to get them yeah. uh, to go in the way they should go. And then you've got a second kid and you, you spend less time with them. You've got a yeah. third kid and you spend less time with them. How do you keep that motivation okay. going? To, well, to first of all, <clears throat> you find out what motivates the parents. Oh, okay. See, a lot of times the the advancements in jobs and everything that the mom and dad have going for them, <clears throat> they, their goal is more to get the second or the third car mm -hmm. and, or a better car or a better home instead of saying what's best for the family. <clears throat> okay. And so it's important to, to look at the family unit and say under God, 30 years from now, what's going to be the most important thing we've been doing and set That's their true. own personal goals yep. and start balancing that time out. And, and being able to say, you know, sometimes, I mean, I had clients come to my office and literally turn down job advancements because 
it interfered with their ability to spend time with their kids and to develop them and mature them as well. And the other thing is we have so many in uh, select sports today that, I mean, they spend billions and billions of dollars. They spend more on select sports than they do if they went to a four-year college. And, and yet a lot of it is they're gone every weekend, they're doing this and that and the other, and they, they're not selectively looking at things that can develop their kids, but not just so engulfing their kids into something where they can't do anything else. Oh, that's a huge, huge issue. Yep. Yep. But uh, I see that. Well, good. Uh, Dr. Fowler, I appreciate the, uh, the, the wisdom, the time, the encouragement for our parents, um, some practical things. Um, I love the, the challenge just from a parenting standpoint of what's our motivation. Uh, what do we hope to accomplish if we're going to train up our kids in the way they should go? Um, you know, what, what's the end goal that we're expecting for our kids? And I know that, you know, in third John, it talks about uh, that, you know, the great joy of parenting is knowing that your kids are walking in the truth uh, so that when they're older, um, you know, their their measure of success is not uh, what their job title is, but how their character uh, and, uh, right. and their walk with the Lord looks like. So that's where we should be spending our time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, keep on doing a great job there in Georgia. And uh, hopefully if you get back to Dallas sometime, we'll get a chance to connect again. Great. Anytime we can help, let me know, Dan. All right. Thanks, Dr. Fowler. Bless you.